they were three ordinary women on what seemed like a simple mission to find a film they liked. One where women got something to do and not just look pretty or be murdered. Which, to be totally honest, has complicated matters a bit. Welcome to Flicking. Yes, it sounds a bit rude. That's the joke. Hello and welcome to November's Flicking. How is it November? Let's start with that question with Yosra Osman. I really don't know. To me, it should just be June. It should be summer. I'm not liking these darker days. No, agreed. I mean, in fairness, Josra, to me, it should be 1998. I'm very confused <laughs> by the passage of time. That's Mickey Noonan. Hello. Now, we are here to discuss, as ever, one of our favourite films. Sometimes it's a film that all of us have seen already. But this time, it was a film that Josra picked and neither Mick or I had seen. No. So, bringing new experiences to... Old, old dogs. dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was bringing new dogs to old dogs earlier, so I'll forgive her that bit. Yosra, <laughs> what did you pick this month and why do you love it? Right, I would never call either of you two old dogs. Um, but to start, so this, it is my pick this month and it's actually a really interesting choice for me because I chose 1961 cinematic musical West Side Story, which growing up was easily one of my favourite films of all time. I absolutely love a musical and West Side Story is quite the musical. It's adapted from the 1957 Broadway show with music by Leonard Bernstein, lyrics by Stephen Sondheim, and it's directed by Robert Wise and Jerome Robbins. West Side Story is the Romeo and Juliet-esque tragic love story set in 1950s New York, where two lovers from rival gangs, a gang of white youths, the Jets, versus a gang of Puerto Rican youths, the Sharks, fall in love amidst tension, drama, and wonderful leaping choreography. And yes, I do have to highlight the choreography here. Beautiful ballet mixed in with sharp, dynamic jazz and snapping fingers galore. The film is a visual delight supported by a gorgeous colour palette. It's also an absolute delight for the ears with Leonard Bernstein's beautiful pieces sensationally lifting what's on the big screen, including classic songs such as Tonight, Somewhere and Maria. The beginning overture alone always manages to rouse feelings of deep joy and emotion whenever I watch it. So there's lots to love, but... There's actually quite a lot to question and contest here too. Mm -hmm. In the 1960s, this film was seen as progressive. It was seen as a defiant look at racial unrest, gang violence and institutional poverty. But now we're looking at it with some reservations and looking at it through a contemporary lens brings up a whole load of issues that my teenage self, unfortunately, didn't really consider. The depiction of Puerto Ricans in this film is challenging, with the film having a really tight grip on some uncomfortable stereotypes. Actually, a lot of the Puerto Rican characters were white actors and they used brown face. Rita Moreno, who is of Puerto Rican descent and absolutely legendary in this film, even had her face darkened with makeup. So when I talk about West Side Story, I'm fully aware of some of these issues that have been brought to light. And I'm sure we're going to discuss these in more detail <laughs> later. Um, it's also worth saying that, that with these flaws, this film still was a story that ignited conversations on racism in America. And it was seen as groundbreaking at the time in showing Puerto Ricans on screen, even if some of them were white actors. 
Um, so West Side Story swept the Academy Awards in the 1960s and it is still much loved by many today. For me, my heart does still swell with the starting notes of Bernstein's tracks and my eyes continue to be amazed by the glorious imagery that very much takes over the screen. As a musical fan, I cannot ignore its production value, but I do say all of this with an air of caution. I actually didn't know that neither of you had seen this no. before we started today. And I don't even know because I've been quite scared to pick a musical <laughs> since we've started doing flicking. So are you fans of the genre? Have I picked something that you reeled in horror at? There is a dripping tap and I can hear it. So it'll be on my record. So I'll be back in one sec. For some reason, I thought you'd both seen it, but maybe I'm thinking of Jen. Jen really likes this film. Jen loves West Side Story. It is one of Jen's favourite films ever. Okay. So Hannah's back. Yeah, I just went for a little vomit because I was scared to tell you. (laughs) I was going to say, so you were scared, Yosra. Hannah and I have both been quite scared. I will answer your question. No, I'm not really into musicals. But there are also exceptions. So we watched Little Shop of Horrors for flicking which obviously I adore. And there are certain plays that if they've got music in, then sure. I quite like Tim Burton's Sweeney Todd as well. So there are exceptions. But as a rule, the Noonan, because I'm going to refer to myself in third person and I hope to remove me from this conversation a little bit. Not a huge fan of musicals. Mm -hmm. I sort of am a fan of musicals, but it depends which ones. I used to think I hated musicals because... Turned out I just hated Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals because that's what all musicals (laughs) were when I was younger. I used to like, when I was really little, I used to like the sort of Western musicals. So Calamity Jane and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, both of which, as an adult, I realise are fully problematic. What, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? No, surely that's not dated badly. (laughs) Um, I I, I like musicals that, that, that aren't, just full-on singing although that said I love Hamilton um Mm, I I think my I think why I discovered that I like musicals is because I started to go and see them at the theatre and I do enjoy them at the theatre I don't think films are the best medium for them necessarily because sometimes they feel a bit restricted and sometimes the acting is a bit too big because they're still being acted a bit like they're on stage rather than they're on screen plus I like that sort of bouncing noise when everyone's going on the stage at the same time like in big dance numbers. So I suppose sort of, I sort of like musicals. That was a long way of saying that. It depends which one they are. Okay, so thinking about this one, with what you said about how you think musicals are best done on stage and not on screen, when you think big cinematic musical productions, as I sort of said in my intro, West Side Story is one of those that always comes up along with films like Singing in the Rain as real Mm. classics. Mm-hmm. Um, Singing in the Rain is also one of my favourites, but anyway, we're not much about that. <laughs> you should have been on the Rated or Dated when I was the only one who rated it, Yosra. Uh, oh, Jen and Hannah, not fans. Hannah liked three minutes of it and it felt like that was a real gift to the chat. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's a classic. So, yeah, do you still have that issue, Hannah, with this musical being on screen? Do you watch it and think, oh, I bet this would be a lot better if I watched it on stage? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I just kept thinking totally. it would be way better if Yosra had said, do you want to go to theatre? And we were watching this. I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more in that sense, yeah. And it feels, to me, it just felt like they basically filmed the stage version, Mm. which did mean that a lot of it feels too big for the screen and too long for a film. 
the acting is so stagey. They've got real Oliver Putnam energy. And I'm not <laughs> sure I want to watch that as a film. Yeah. Okay. Also, when you are in a crowd, the the crowd, you know, affects your... So even if I had been watching this with other people, I may have enjoyed it more than just sitting in my house by myself one afternoon. Great. Great start. <laughs> <laughs> For me, the reason I love it so much, I've never watched it on stage, other than when my, my school, my secondary school, did a, a version of it, which was nothing like the film. Or Were you in it? All my friends. Really? No, and that's why I'm bitter about it, Hannah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I mean, even just the choreography, the big set pieces with these huge dance numbers, there's got to be a lot to admire there. I mean, thinking alone of the first few minutes where the Jets and the Sharks are having their little jazz off. They nearly dance a man to death yeah they do need to dance a man to death we've all done it <laughs> it's it's an interesting way to start the story and there's something that i quite like about just how they use these big whole body gesture movements and it's not quite what you'd expect when you think of gang violence in new york in the mm. 1950s i spoke to my mum about this because i saw her at the weekend and i was curious because a couple of years ago, we did, we watched um, Rebel Without a Cause for Rated or Dated. And I felt the need to keep pointing out that Rebel Without a Cause was like where Cinescope first happened. And we don't understand now what it was like to watch it and have your mind blown by it in, you know, when it came mm-hmm. out in 1950, whatever as we do now. So I was interested in what my mum had to say about what it was like watching it contemporaneously because it is really vibrant. The colours are really, really strong and I don't know how that was achieved technically, whether it was there was a big leap forward because that's the other thing about Singing in the Rain is Singing in the Rain was a leap forward for how choreography was done and like filmed. Sorry, I haven't genuinely answered your question. My main problem with it, Yosra, is the story, and that isn't West Side Story's fault. Yeah. That's William Shakespeare's fault, to be honest. We covered this a bit when we chatted for Flicking about Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, right? You were in agreement that that whole idea of love at first sight and the fact that when when her brother is killed, Maria's not really bothered. She's more bothered about Tony, the guy she's known for 24 hours. And I just like, it just absolutely jars with me. And making that bigger and more colourful almost amps up how ridiculous that is to me as a cynical old dog, as said at the top of the (laughs) the recording. Well, I I think I've, this is one thing I was going to ask actually, because the one thing watching it again as an adult, when I was a young teen, I loved this. I was mm. really swept up in the in the romance and the drama. And I was like, yeah, of course this would happen. Love at first sight. How powerful, how amazing. She's with this beautiful music in the background. And now, I've, you know, I watched it again the other day and I thought, oh, my gosh, this is so silly. And actually... <laughs> Out of all the things I love in this film, the thing I don't really care for is the central romantic relationship yeah. mm-hmm. between Tony and Maria. And I just, I found that I don't care enough about it anymore. Whereas actually I found that quite lovely when I watched it as a youngster. It's almost pantomimic, isn't it? I find, like, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of pantomimes, obviously, uh, because they're basically musicals with silliness. And the hero and heroine are always like, oh, the most meh 
bit of any kind of pantomime. You want the villains and you want the, the, the heels and the faces are the big things, right? And in West Side Story, yeah, Tony and Maria can get in a bin. Like they're just willing to abandon anyone they've ever loved or had respect for or, you know, cared about for someone they met 10 minutes ago. And that is nonsense. And I know they're supposed to be really young, but I actually think, whereas that comes across in Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, and obviously in uh, Big Billy Wagglestaff's original, that they are very young, because of the casting, it doesn't necessarily come across in West Side Story. So I have even less sympathy for them being silly dickheads led by the loins. And you do raise a good point with at the end when Tony kills Bernardo, it's looked at very sympathetically. Mm. And I'm watching this thinking, at Mm. the end of the day, mate, you still killed somebody. The lack of empathy that Maria shows for Rita Moreno's character when she's like, yeah, well, I mean, you understand, love, don't you? Because you're upset because the guy you were going to marry is dead. That's almost exactly the same as me meeting a guy one day ago. (laughs) It (laughs) It just seems like... And therefore, I suppose... What Rita Marino does, goes on to do, which causes the unravelling at the end, all seems perfectly reasonable because I just, I don't know. I would think that Maria had lost her mind if she was someone I knew and that's how she was behaving about the death of her brother. And the fact that Anita was treated so horribly by the Jets in Doc's place. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, of all the performances in this film, and actually, I I doubt either of you have seen the remake then, um, by Steven Spielberg last (laughs) year, but Anita is perhaps the character that shines through the most. I don't know if that's the same for you two, if there's another side character that that appeals more. I mean, no, not really. I suppose the only person I, I knew that I knew in this when I went into it, apart from Rita Marina, was Natalie Wood. And the only person that I spotted that I recognised from anything else in it was Russ Tamblin because he's in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. So I recognised yeah. him from that um, and discovered yeah. he was Amber Tamblin's dad when I Googled him. But yeah, no one, no one really struck out. I, I really struggled to think of anybody's name <laughs> off the top of my head <laughs> in watching it. For me, Rita Marino is the best thing in this, absolutely. Totally. Anita's the best thing in it. And even she's problematic, you know, because it's Puerto Rico via Donald Trump, really, in it. <laughs> they even made Rita Marino wear brown face. Yeah. And it's so striking watching that film. I was just like, my eyes were so big at the start. I was like, fucking hell, this is well dodgy. So no other character really stood out to me. But there was a song that I because I don't even think there's a banger in it for me. It's not my kind of music. But one song that I that stood out and I thought was very good and still has something to say today is I think it's called Dear Mr. Crookie and it's the one that the Jets sing about how they are kids because again they're supposed to be teenagers right they're supposed to be between 15 and about 17 even though they look about 30 you know classic American casting yeah but the way that they are dismissed and just shoved through the system and forgotten about and not cared about I think is is really telling and it's really well done and it's quite funny as well as having a message. But also it highlights that the Jets get a backstory. The Jets get reasoning for their behaviour, for why they might be in a gang, whereas the Sharks, it's just because they're a different colour. It feels racist. They They don't even get a backstory. They don't get any empathy or explanation. And this is a lot of issue that I I have with the film watching it now, 
as well as what I said in the intro about how the Puerto Ricans are or portrayed in this, if this is a story that people see as something around racial unrest and tensions, it's a very simplistic mm. look. Mm. And it's actually, to me, watching it, especially now as an adult, it appears very one-sided. Mm. And if you've got this love over hate message, it only seems to apply for, for one side of the story, that the, the white characters are definitely more sympathetically portrayed. And it's interesting because if you look at who created this, it's for white men. Yeah. And Stephen Sondheim himself, he admitted quite openly that he was completely unfamiliar with Puerto Ricans when he when he wrote this. He'd never even met one. So knowing that and watching this, you do get this very white vision of what racial unrest could look like and how to fix it, she says in inverted commas. And does that 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 might come across as quite detracting. I think it is really detracting. I'm curious because obviously you have seen it. Do you think Spielberg's retelling has addressed that and has it, has it addressed it well enough? Because it is through another white man. Yeah, there are some bits that he does get right. Ariana DeBose playing Anita is a really strong casting choice and she is um, Afro-Latinx. So you get a perspective there that is actually really ignored in the original West Side Story. And they change lyrics for songs such as America. So mm. when you're talking about stereotypes, America is full of them. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's just a song I used to love and now I listen to and I'm like, oh my gosh, really, really? I can't, <laughs> I've got to stop seeing this at the top of my lungs. Um, so I, I think it does go some way, but there are some issues with the story that cannot be fixed. And I don't think they are fixed enough with Spielberg's retelling. So although there's some great ways, and actually the character of anybody's played by a trans actor, and I think that's really powerful as well, and is is much better for the story when it comes through in the 2021 version. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you, Ozra? Yeah. I think one of the things about watching this was, and this is absolutely not a fair comparison, but if you look at In the Heights, which you and I have both seen, it's really, yeah. it's really full. It's really full. Yeah. Whereas in this, it feels quite empty. It just feels like these kids in these streets that nobody else really lives in. The other people they interact with, uh, the cops, you know, and each other. And I was wondering if the Spielberg one sort of deals with that a bit more, if it feels a bit fuller and maybe if it feels a bit sort of grittier, maybe. It does. I think it does. And one of the questions that I sort of have watching West Side Story is obviously New York in the 1950s wasn't just white youths mm. and Puerto Rican youths. And although it's not fully explored in Spielberg's version, it does seem a bit more realistic with the other characters that are there. But the Spielberg, it, maybe this is why I like it, it does still have a lot of the elements of the original West Side Story. And I think that's why it was such a rousing success, because although it did update it in what I think was some checkbox, some tick boxes, but, you know, it's got to sort that out because that was problematic. Mm. As the musical, it's still very much the heart of the earlier West Side Story. And that's why I'm saying there are some things there that can't be fixed, like the narrative, which we've all pointed out is kind of weak and there's not really much change there. So that was a very waffly way of answering because I'm thinking about it as I'm talking, Hannah. But um, I wouldn't say I'm not sure I would say Spielberg's is grittier. I'd just say it makes a few nicer changes where it can. You've already answered it, Mickey, but I was going to ask Hannah if you had a favourite song from the film. 
<laughs> I was surprised by how little I recognised, to be honest, because you don't think you know a musical and then you watch one and you're like, man, I know all these songs. How is that? How has these things yeah. permeated <laughs> my... But they're on the radio or people sing them in other songs and or sing them in other musicals and all of that. Um, if, I did quite enjoy because it had an element of real camp to it. The dance they do in sort of in the underground car park where they're all going, cool, <laughs> and uh, and pointing in groups. There was something quite, I don't know, I quite enjoyed that. I think that might be called, called Cats or something like that. Oh, but cool. America was the only thing that um, that stuck out as something of, oh, yes, I recognise this. Not even Tonight and Somewhere. I quite like Tonight, Yosra. I do yeah. like Tonight. I find myself singing Tonight even before I'd watched West Side Story. Yeah. Yeah. I love that song. It's interesting talking to you both, actually, because I would still claim that I love this, but actually having this discussion, it's bringing up things <laughs> that I <laughs> forgot I had an issue with when I rewatched it. This is your um, airplane. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess so. But I did know coming into this conversation with you both, I came into this with trepidation because this is a film that I really loved growing up, but I knew when I was going to rewatch it, yeah. I would find really big issues with it. Yeah. It does seem quite dated. Mm. I think as well, because it's come from, you know, the stage, as we were saying earlier, there are bits that just seem a bit silly because there are th- conventions that you will accept on stage, especially if something comes from Shakespeare. So the, I will stand behind this yep. tree and no one will hear me. Those Those sort of things. When she, he goes to her on the balcony, so there has to be a balcony. There has to be a balcony because it's Shakespeare. It's like Romeo and Juliet. So it's a fire escape in this. And she's constantly saying, shh, shh, shh to him. You'll wake my parents. And then two seconds later, they sing the loudest song. Yeah. The loudest oh, song. no, I can ignore that. That's fine by me. I don't, I don't need that realism. And that's why I think I'd rather see it on stage because I think once it's in a film, you start to see what I would consider sort of maybe the ridiculous a tiny bit, whereas I would perfectly happily accept it on stage. I guess it's like photographs are less forgiving. Yeah. Or you see yourself in real life and then you see a photograph and you're like, oh my God, is that what I look like? I think that's where the difference, actually talking with you two, that's where our differences of opinion are. Because for me, I think this comes, as an adaptation, it comes across really well cinematically. I think it looks beautiful. I really value the production design and the cinematography. And I and I can overlook those aspects mm. that, Hannah, you mentioned probably you would prefer to see on stage for me I don't really care because I'm just swept up in the whole beauty of it or in my head the beauty of it and the colours and the music and the sounds and everything so I think that might be where the main difference in what we think is basically and the accessibility of filming it in the way they filmed it so it is like going to the theatre it is like seeing something that big that larger than life that colourful would be on a stage on your screen or in a cinema would have been incredible in 1961 and it's you know still lots of people can't get to a theatre and see that kind of performance so it is an accessibility Mm. I do wonder Yosra nostalgia is a powerful drug do you think that is why you still watch it with heart eyes yeah oh gosh absolutely when I first started really getting into musicals West Side Story was one of the first ones I owned on DVD 
And so I used to watch it loads and sing along. And then obviously, as I said, although I'm bitter about it, my school did it. And I, I, I didn't get a main part, but I did get to work on props. So I would be <laughs> just there amongst it all while people were rehearsing. And so I think actually you're right, that, that nostalgia factor is very much there. But it is interesting watching it now as, a, as an adult in my 30s. It's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> If I can add in what my mum said, which was that she saw it several times at the cinema and recalled loving it and it being quite the spectacle on a big screen and all of that. And I said, would you watch it now? And she said, oh, God, I don't think so. I think she was put off by the the length in, you know, sitting because it's two and a half hours long. But did report absolutely loving it at the time. She's a slightly more romantic soul than I am. I don't know how we're related, but we are. (laughs) It is really long. My husband, Gary, absolutely fucking hates musicals. I took him to Hamilton and he looked like he was so furious. And he was on his phone. He ruined it for me. Luckily, I'd seen it twice before. It was fine. But he he kept bobbing in and going, is it still on? (laughs) It is still on. (laughs) And actually, it does does feel long. But I am just going to say, finally, for me, the spectacle still stands watching it on on my small screen. I don't have quite the same feelings as I did, but I still objectively appreciate it as quite a a groundbreaking um, cinematic musical. So I will Mm -hmm. end that there. I think it was an interesting experiment for me and Hannah. (laughs) If they do a revival of West Side Story and somebody sends us an email and says, do you want to come and see it? I I will say yes. I will. I've seen it at the theatre, actually, in Manchester. Yeah, I I didn't like it then either. Sorry. It's a no from Mickey. (laughs) It's a no from me. West Side, no thank you. What are we watching next time, Hannah? It's your choice. Oh, God, shit, it's me. I haven't picked anything. Um, The Death of Stalin? The Death of Stalin. Let's watch that. (laughs) Okay, okay. That wasn't on the hoop at all. (laughs) I think improvisation on that is pretty key, given it's Anucci. He'd appreciate that. Yeah, he would. He is cool. Standard issue for all women.